Hello, it is that time again. It is time to enter the chat with Colette and Matt. I am only one half of that equation. My name is Matt Silverman. I'm here as always with Colette Bennett. Hello. Hello. Did you know that this is episode 20? I did. 20 years we've been doing this. Can you believe it? (laughs) We do one a year and we made it. I mean, I do I do have to say that it does not feel like we've recorded 20 episodes to me at all. <laughs> I guess just because it's, it's fun to chat. So like, yeah, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, we've done this 20 times. Yeah. You, you and I talk about it off air, maybe here and there on air. But it's like this, it, it, all the things that we do professionally and that we make professionally are are. They are somewhat labor intensive. And even other shows that I produce are very labor intensive. And this one we, we designed to really just be like hanging out. Even yep. when we have a guest, it's super chill. Mm-hmm. Coming on, hanging out, and then basically hitting publish. I, you know, I'll make sure that the that the music is lined up correctly at that in the in the you know. But I don't edit it. You're like we're not editing anything. This is this is what you get. So, so if, it must if you're like kind of be like that breath of fresh air of like I don't have to edit this. I don't have to do all the stuff. I do the other stuff. It's just like the part where I get to have fun making something. Yeah, it really is. That's and, so nice. Uh, it's nice because it's been it's been some time since I've had that. You know, every everything I do for a living is like, okay, like we're gonna set this up and we're gonna book this thing and we're gonna <laughs> get this footage or whatever we're doing. And this is just like chill town. So uh, yeah, we're loving it. Thanks Love for it. sticking with us for twenty years. I cannot believe it. <laughs> um, and and here's the thing: if you're new around here, there's only one thing. There's only one thing going on, and it is—it just coincidentally happens to be the most important thing, and that is, of course, you know, video games. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the? Well, first of all, uh, I just have to call out. Uh, you know, I—I I know I'm aware of your travels and traversals because we're friends, but also you <laughs> recently put a picture of where you are and what you're doing. Uh, in in your Discord server, which is linked in the show notes here, we we would love for you to join us there. Uh, more on that in a second. But you are in a, a woodland cabin, and I expected you and your husband to just be like, "Oh, we're just taking a break and uh, chilling out," and you know, "Oh, we're doing the show, so maybe bring a laptop or something." Y- you you posted a photo of your entire fucking <laughs> desktop computer, <laughs> monitor, microphone, keyboard. Well, wait, wait, hold You're- on. First of all, the monitor is a television that's it's here already oh, that we just connected oh, to. Well done, so that's well why done. I took a ridiculous photo of it because it's like <laughs> it's like a 40-inch television. And you as we that- speak, I'm like 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 sitting away from it so my like retinas don't burn off <laughs> because it's so big. I um, saw but- the picture on my phone and I'm like <laughs> That tower is very small. That's a tidy little. T- no, it's just it's hooked up to a widescreen television. television. This is a I'm, right now. I'm recording in a bedroom, one of the bedrooms of the cabin, and like it had the TV bolted to the wall, and so I was like, mm. we we brought a small monitor, and we're like, oh, we can use that. And then my husband was like, oh, why don't we? There's a desk in here. Why don't you just put it here, and then you can just use this as a monitor? I'm like, cool. So he sets it up, and I'm like, oh my god, my brain. Like it kind of hurts to look at it, so I'm not going to do that too much. Yeah. But um, yeah. so yeah, to to rewind back a minute though, yes, you're right. So we're in we're in North Georgia in a beautiful cabin. We're in this little area. It's like a it's actually like a gated forest community called Big Canoe, <laughs> but you can rent like 
cabins in here nice. and at yeah. the, at, you can actually go all the way up to the top of the mountain that we're staying on mm. and we had drove up there earlier today and we were like holy shit we can see four states from up here this is sick wow but yeah, when we were packing, my husband's like, okay, I'm going to go get the computer. And I'm like, you're bringing the computer. Okay. And then he's like, all right. And he's like, goes, he gets the VR visors. He's sticking those in the back. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to say how much we paid for this place. I'll say a lot. And uh-huh. like, you want to bring like our V like, why would I want to go into VR? This is real VR. I'm in literal <laughs> real VR right now. Like forest retreat. VR, like I'm there. And so he's like, Oh, you know, you know, we're going to be there a week. You never know, you know, like, you know, we can't hike every day all day. And I was like, well, we could, but you know, maybe not. Um, but (sighs) suffice to say that this is the first, we got here Monday and this is the first time that I'm, we even plugged the computer in, which I think is good. You know, like I, sometimes I have moments where I'm like, okay, I love games. I mean, I know they're the most important thing. I know. I mean, it's true. But like every once in a while, I'm like, you know, what would it be like to just be human today instead of a gamer? It's really overrated, honestly. <laughs> I give so, it half a day, half a day before you get bored. Right. So uh, anyway, but yeah, so, you know, I did bring it and I have to say that the next time I do a cabin vacation, I probably won't bother. I'll probably leave it all at home. And if my husband tries to put it in the car, I'm going to be like, put that back. I, I don't know whether to just bow down and give mad respect to to Pat or to just say like, dude, it's somewhere in the doing? middle. It's somewhere in the middle and I don't know where. I am surprised that I didn't think about this more. But one reason that uh, bringing the Oculus would have made sense, and I can talk about this when we talk about what we're playing more, is that Pistol Whip's expansion came out this week. And of course, you know that I take Pistol Whip very seriously. I saw you tweeting about it or something. I saw some update from you that was like, oh, yeah, it's happening. And I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky in that Pistol Whip has a little VIP group for people who either stream it or are basically just fanatics about it. And I'm in there. So (laughs) I got to play it last week, but you know, it's brand new ahead of, ahead of release. Yes. Um, yes. So I, as of today, I can stream it and I probably will stream it this weekend since it's brand new. How do they, do they provide like a steam code or something for the updated version or Uh how does that work for you? That's great. Uh, Yeah, basically they'll every 10, this has happened for all the updates that I've been a part of this group in. Um, yeah, they just send you a code and you have to go into the version on steam or on Oculus and just make a couple of tweaks in the details and you basically get entered into a special, you know, beta or not beta but you know what i mean like early vip i think is what the group is called so that's Mm -hmm. always a delight for me being you know the pistol whip addict i am Mm -hmm. um but yes i will save more about that for when we get to because i did play it it just wasn't (laughs) it was technically this week it was sunday so (laughs) we'll talk about it at at a later point but yes um so yes to go back to the point i am in a cabin and i have not thought about video games too much this week but um Things are nice here. I will say that. Uh, but actually, a point of uh, of um, a point of order, perhaps technically speaking, uh, this will publish Friday the thirteenth. Ooh, I didn't even realize that. Woo-hoo. That's tomorrow. Uh, are you allowed to talk about it at that time? So this is, seems this is an embargo of sorts. What, what's what are your limitations? Today was actually the lift of the embargo. Oh, okay, so great. yes. So you will chat about this. Yeah, I can go Later. into it in, in detail when we talk about like what we've been playing, but I'll save cool. it for that point in time. Cool. 
Great. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's what's happening on my end. So um, how are things on your end? Things are are okay. I'm trying to think. You are a full time podcast producer now. Uh, yeah, mostly podcasts and uh, and some video projects here and there. Yeah, it's and a mixed. You've bag. never done like you've never done the like business for yourself like approach to this, have you? Not not all at once. I've always dabbled in things on the side of mm-hmm. of the full time paycheck, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm talking. This has been a long time coming, and uh, was chatting with my wife about it earlier today of like. The goal here was to give myself space to do other things, pursue other creative things. Like, and this is one of them. Like, this is not a mm-hmm. this this what we are doing here. Of course, and this is not news to you. Is not a uh, is not a money making endeavor. Of course, <laughs> uh, not yet, or, or perhaps ever. But um, so, giving myself the time to do things like this, and fortunately or unfortunately, like that time has been sopped up by uh, childcare. You know, because. <laughs> The kids are, they wrapped up their limited amount of camp. And then we are also just keeping an eye on, uh, on, uh, the, the various COVID things and getting ready for school. So like, I just have to accept the fact that August will sort of be like a part-time working time and the rest will <laughs> yeah. be parenting time. And that's okay. Like we're fine to do that. And, mm-hmm. and, but it, it has been bothering me that I have not been more productive, but I need to shake that off and, yeah. and get rid of that mentality. And so that, so that is good. And then, um, you know, just filling the rest of my brain with, uh, with sea of thieves, which I will talk about, <laughs> uh, later. Okay. Oh my God. I can't wait. But first, uh, you had this really, what I, when we talked about it at first, I was like, Oh, is that really a, sh- is that a show? Like, is that enough to talk about? But then the more I thought about it and the more we talked about it off air, I was like, there's quite a bit to discuss in this topic that you mm-hmm. proposed. So this is a, you know, we're trying to build episodes here and there that are not just, hey, what's up? But more like, um, what do we think about this? Or remember this game, you know, mm-hmm. side note, totally unrelated. And I'm about to give you the floor to introduce today's topic. but. <laughs> I drove, I, we, we picked, I picked up some food with the kids, uh, you know, about two hours ago and drove past the area where the blockbuster used to be. Mm. And, uh, and, and it has obviously been long gone, but it, I, as I'm just passing by and occasionally when we pass by, I'm like, that used to, I tell the kids that used to be a place where you would go. And you would go into the store and you'd come home with a video game or movie. And of course, they're like, what? Disney Plus is in there? What? Um, <laughs> a physical game or a physical movie that you held in your hand. And I just had this, I just, this feeling washed over me as we were driving by today of like, is there, is there anything better than being a kid and just going into that candy store and walking out and just the anticipation of getting home to play a a thing that you have never played, do not own, but you're going to get to like gorge yourself on this thing for three days. What a nice, just what a nice feeling that is and was was. and and can never be again, really, in some ways, I, I think. Yeah, it was. And I, it's funny you say that because I'm absolutely going to talk about that in my portion of this topic. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, great, great, great. I've set you up. So you said, 
I said, oh, you're in the woods. You're not playing anything. I'm just playing the same old stuff. What, what are we going to talk about today? And you said. I said, you know, I think we should talk about the different ways that people use Steam and how to better use Steam because I think like that- in an, like in an engine like for locomotion like you know you like you're <laughs> pumping it into a like a, what do they call it a pit, like pistons and stuff <laughs> right we're talking about uh, like automotive stuff no no video game Steam come on we're talking <laughs> about the most important topic on planet Earth <laughs> the PC Stay master focused. race. Stay yes. focused. Yes. Yes. So my thought was like, you know, since I, I'm, I'm not a new steam user, but I'm a new regular steam user is maybe a mm-hmm. better way of putting it. And so in my, you know, what is it now? Seven months, like regularly looking at steam, like most days of the week, you know, I've started to think a lot about how to navigate it. And I don't really see it as like a cool sale site to go to, even though it can be that I think it's much bigger than that. Um, And I think there's so much to it. You know, they've built such a robust community. Valve has done a great job um, with that. But one common thing that you hear from almost anybody who has a PC is, oh, God, like my backlog is just so huge. Like I'll, I'll never get to it all. And then like two days later, they're like, well, just dropped $300 on the steam sale. And I was like to triple the size of your backlog. Right. 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 So that is just an interesting, like to me, that presents kind of a problem. Definitely not a problem for valve. I mean, it's, it's a great solution for valve because they're making all this money. Right. But you know, like, and and like serve like dollar per uh, ter- per megabyte or however you want to break it down of like, they don't even have to serve 90% of that data. Cause it's just people buying things that they will never, right. download, They'll never download. So for them, yeah. it's an epic business model. It's epic. Yeah. But for the gamer who the, or I should say the user, cause gamer is probably not even a good word at this point for the user. Sure. Who's like, you know, okay. Like, uh, let me jump backward and talk about myself just briefly with steam for mm-hmm. a second. So I've had mm-hmm. steam for a really long time since like 2007, never really took advantage of it because I was a console gamer my whole life. But every once in a while, someone would release a game that didn't take much oomph to run. And I was running like a, you know, like a, I had a MacBook at the time it would run some stuff, but it had to be kind of basic. Even um, back then you were, you were playing and finding like PC games that also had a Mac port uh-huh. like do you have examples because yeah, 2007 yeah. mac games on steam i can't <laughs> i'm having trouble there well so uh because i traveled a lot and went to a lot of video game related events i met a lot of people and one of the things that i got really lucky about when i used to go to magfest every year is that i would often meet indie designers and indie musicians working on smaller projects mm-hmm. so one of them um was a lovely person who i still am twitter friends with to this day named can gao and he made a beautiful game called to the moon so good that i would say it most reminds me of like a game like Chrono Trigger in that it had like terrific heart and mm. uh, sentiment, uh, but also kind of had a look like it was from that time period. Mm-hmm. And then another musician that I met and became friends with, who is also now a streamer, is um, Laura Shigihara, who uh, did the Plants vs. Zombies theme. And she's done a bunch of different uh video game related stuff. She's terrific. Um, but she made her own game called Rakuen 
so good. Also, both are, of them are um, top-down RPGs. You've uh, told me about the latter one, I think. So I think I own the latter one based on your recommendation. And, so good. You know, have so never... Good. Both are emotional, like, deeper kind of stories. But, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. they're, it's great storytelling. So, mm-hmm. anyway back to the point was that those were the kind of games I would look for. And you know, they're not going to be demanding of your PC hardware. So it was fine. Um, it's so rare that they would also be ported to Mac. Am I, am I wrong in that perception? Mm-mm. No, you really weren't. I mean, it, it the selection was not great. Um, I just right. got lucky in that, okay. you know, these two particular designers were like, yeah, I want to make it for Mac too. And they did, nice. but yeah, for the longest amount of time, it just, you know, it, Obviously, being a Mac owner, it wasn't the thing, but a lot of friends of mine use Steam, and it was also a really good place for visual novels. So, like, mm-hmm. I would definitely go and play visual novels there, which, of course, are literally just pictures with text on them, so you don't need a lot of oomph. So, of course, all of this changed in January 2021 when we got what I call <laughs> a good computer, capital letters. Um, and, you know, the next thing you know, I'm like, oh shit, not only do I have access to play literally any game I want on Steam, but I've also got to think about things like the Epic Games Store and, oh, Xbox Game Pass, which I can play on my computer and all this stuff. So I'm like, God, that's a lot, right? Um, But I will say, I feel Steam unlocks this huge universe of gaming. If you have like a powerful PC that can handle it, that I'm glad I didn't miss out on um, because I've missed out on it up to now. And I feel that uh, Steam definitely I'm glad I didn't miss the experience that said. And this is kind of going back to the point of Steam's like user functionality. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there may be users who look at steam and they know exactly what they want or they've used it for so long that the little discovery queue is like perfectly attuned to them mm-hmm. you know so maybe it makes it easy for them to discover new things for me one of the symptoms of my adhd is that i get overwhelmed easily very easily mm-hmm. so when i mm-hmm. log on to steam and i see all those things i will really quickly be like i i, I can't choose anything i'll get paralyzed mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. deer in the headlights yep. So I enjoy browsing sales there, but I want to avoid getting a huge backlog of games I'll feel guilty for never playing because that's just Mm -hmm. not something I feel good with. Like some Mm -hmm. people, I think they'll just buy it and enjoy buying it. And if they don't get to it, you know, they'll feel like bad for a split second and that's it. But like, I'm not that person. And I think part of this made me think about, uh, you know, friendliness of like, like user how what the user experience is like for steam for everybody. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's really easy for people to be like, Oh yeah, we just hop on there and we buy what we want and we hop off. And, uh, this kind of (laughs) connects to the blockbuster memory. You just were telling (laughs) me about because I was, you know, alive and well in the blockbuster era. And I do feel like not just in something like Steam, but also in all the digital options we have that we're paralyzed. Like often we can't make any decisions because you don't have to have ADHD to be like, I can't choose from 8,700 movies tonight or, you know, whatever, like 500 shows or God knows how many games are on Steam, 200,000 games. Like, I think that that is partially problematic I don't think it's going to change, but I do think that it's like, 
it robs some aspect of that feeling of I'm going to get up and get my car and I'm going to go to Blockbuster and I'm going to spend some time browsing. Maybe I'll even chat with someone that works there or someone else that's looking. And then Mm -hmm. I'll like go to the counter and I'll get myself some popcorn and maybe I'll get some raisinets and I'll go home. (laughs) Like, like it was a different kind of experience. And you probably weren't going to leave with like six things. You were probably going to leave with like one or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. is, does this opinion of mine have any bearing on the direction that like all this is going at? No, (laughs) like zero, like everything is going to continue. These libraries are going to continue to get bigger and people like me are just going to be like paralyzed by too many things to choose from. And so therefore we often don't choose anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so like it's this is no knock against Steam. I really like Steam. I really like Steam's ecosystem a lot. Yeah. Um yeah, I did not purchase. I wanted to purchase but never got around to purchasing the whole like Steam Link Steam controller setup. Um mm-hmm. and I always thought, well, you know, one of these days I'm going to get around to that. One of these days I'm going to get around to that. But the problem was if you didn't have a powerful enough computer to stream the games from in the first place, it wasn't yeah. really going to be a lot of good. So the stream right. deck will fix that problem for me. And then I could see myself potentially like, you know, maybe even like picking up the link in the controller and using that so I can play something on the PC from the living room and then have Patrick hold the steam deck or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a really good, you know, it's very versatile. It's very, I like the way they've designed that part of the ecosystem. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, so these are, you know, some pluses and some minuses that I think are very personal to me and especially to my particular disability. And so I thought, you know, the ways we use steam and the, the problems people have with steam, or even the really positive experiences that people have with steam, uh, or maybe even tips about how they best use it, I thought would be something really interesting to talk about because I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'd want to have this conversation about like, say the PlayStation store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's That's not interesting. interesting to me in the same kind of way that feels more like a storefront to me, whereas hmm. steam feels like an entire ecosystem to me. And there's like every, every outlet that you could buy a game on has sales, but like steam sales are like in a class of their own, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause you're like, Holy shit, I just spent $30 and I got 12 games. Like, and that's a reality that is very interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to take a breath. <gasps> you talk. Jeez. There's so much to cover here. And I'll only start by saying that like, you're absolutely right full stop and, and and that's also to say like this is not a thing that you alone are are feeling or observing like i think this is this is the symptom of of infinite choice and 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 multiply the like what do i want to watch on netflix problem by at least 10,000 because even if you settle on a Netflix movie, that's two hours of your life. Like a game is a good mm-hmm. games come in all shapes and sizes, but many games are, as we have discussed at length are like, I need to play 40 hours of this to really get my, um, g- get the breadth and scope of what this product is. And so that is even more interesting or it's more, um, challenging to, to pick as you were saying, but, 
let me let me spin it another way and i'm not saying this is the antidote but this is the this is the system or the mentality that has solved this problem for me mm. i'm I all ears i don't view games across any platform but i'm mostly a pc gamer so i don't view them as um necessarily as sales or dollar values or i gotta grab this bundle or whatever i i i almost exclusively view them as time and so interesting that's cool I, i know what i i know what i want to play and i know when i hear about a game and then i read a review or i listen to a community that's playing it and then i say okay check 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 this checks all the boxes i'm very compelled by it i'm going to then say do i have time to play this now and if the answer is no i i really i won't buy it even if it's on sale even if it's on sale for the cheapest price ever I, I try not to fall victim of like, well, uh, this one day I'll play this, so I'm going to grab it and then buy it, and then maybe I will. But if I don't play it then and there, as you just said, as you as you explained, um, it's it's possibly unlikely that I ever will play it because, to your point, fifty other games as mm-hmm. good or better than that game will happen between the time between now time of purchase. And time of like, I have time for this now. And so I, that, so what I do instead, what I do instead of um, buying games and having them in a library forever uninstalled, I, when, I, when a game piques my interest and meets a certain threshold, I will put it into a Trello board. And I know you're familiar with Trello from various systems. We use it to track the podcast and and get organized around this show. We have used it at work. I adore this system. It is a Kanban system, which is uh, an organizational school of thought, which is like, here's a thing. And it's on the left and it's, you know, especially for production, you know, because I make a lot of shows and it's like, here's, this is an idea. And then Mm -hmm. it goes into booking a guest and then it goes into re-recording this episode now the episode is recorded so it moves over to the right into the editing column it's sort of like a spreadsheet but but you move things around more effortlessly and it's it's a good collaboration tool but for large projects in my work and personal life i use it to keep track of shit and what project is more important or complicated than what should I play and when should I play it? And so I have a Trello board with all the games that I am playing, have played, am interested in, am keeping tabs on, you know? And so when it comes time for me to say, you know, as you know, as I said, I, I'm I'm going to sink 40 to 80 to 100 hours into Sea of Thieves. Like, I, I feel that in my bones. I know that's happening. I really am not going to play much else in that time, probably. When that time ends, I'm going to say, what do I want now? Do I want to fill that void with another like looty grind? Do I want a story game? Like, what, what is it going to be? Hmm. And I will then look in the Trello board and say, oh, okay, this is, I was looking at this, but maybe this is out. Oh, but uh, Metroid's going to come out. So maybe I'm going to save time for that. And I just, 
say, okay, I'm ready for the next game. And then I'll just buy it on whatever platform I want to play it on because the time is now, you know, with very rare exceptions where it's like, this game is, I had, this is a guaranteed must buy and it is on sale. Great. Grab it. Like I did that with Red Dead Redemption 2 because it was always like, one day I will need to play this game. I have the PC to run it without an issue. And I could pay 60 or I could pay 40. And like it went, it was on sale for 40. I was like, all right, you know what? I will grab it now. I'm I'm probably not gonna play it for six months, maybe mm-hmm. a year, you know? We don't know. But but aside from that rare exception, I'm really organizing my mind around time spent hmm. rather than how many games can I own? Because in a, in a strange way, I'm still collecting them. By putting them in the Trello board, it is like, all right, now I got it. I, I'm keeping an eye on it. And I can acquire it or not whenever I damn well please. You know, I, I don't need to worry. You know, I, I, I love digital games. Like, I don't, I don't, I have nostalgia for the physicality of old games. Mm-hmm. I do not want to own cartridges or discs ever again mm-hmm. ever yeah i can understand that and i mean i to be honest i don't like uh with a very very select few games um like a perfect example is final fantasy 7 remake I, I had taken it out since i just got a ps5 and like mm-hmm. i have a beautiful steel book for it and when i put mm-hmm. the disc in the steel book i was like ah oh, i love this you know because it's it's a game i'm so attached to but like other than that i also am like super okay with my games being files versus being physical mm-hmm. things like i like mm-hmm. that part of it And I like your organization system. That's interesting to me because I wouldn't have necessarily thought of the idea of like making a list of games you want to play and then kind of like prioritizing them or like deciding what, because like once again, right, like my primary, my primary emotion at processing what I want to play next is overwhelm. So I'm like, like, like basically what I do is I basically like something has to appear in front of me where I go, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. And that's the thing that's most likely to take, to, to get me to play it next. Totally. Totally. And, and then but if I do don't do, connect to it, that's, that's it. it. I'm, I'm on and I'm off to the next thing and that's it. Yes. So it's not, and I, I, I don't like that. There's probably a lot of games that I'll never play because, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, just, here's an example sitting in front of my fucking enormous TV monitor. <laughs> on my desktop are the reminder game the reminders which means that i made a shortcut to games that i was like gosh i really want to play these mm-hmm. silent hill 3 little nightmares mm-hmm. near automata donut mm-hmm. country and a game called going under that i can't even see the icon for but mm-hmm. like i'm looking at them right now and i'm going when the fuck do i think i'm ever gonna have time to play these yeah like it's it's heartbreaking especially when it's like Oh, I would love this, yeah. but I, but I, I just don't see it fitting into the, into the, into life. And I, and I don't think it ever could because I can't not play this or that, you know, it's, and it's so, it's so, it is the crappiest first world garbage problem you could ever <laughs> say out loud, but I really find it fast. I find that, you know, it's like, oh, there's so much on, there's so much media. And it's like, sure, but most of it I don't care about. 
And that's fine. That's actually good. I, I want to care about things I care about and not care about the things I'll never get to. But it is an in, in, interestingly heartbreaking to be like, oh, I'll, this is yeah. a game I will love and I'll never play it. Yeah. And it's weird, right? Because uh, so let's let's move this over the topic of it to books. So bookstores mm, like Barnes yeah. and Noble have existed for a long time. And one of my favorite activities used to be going to the bookstore, not just to pick out a book, but to be there and just mm -hmm. browsing and getting all that visual stimuli, which my brain <laughs> loves and, mm -hmm. you know, taking my time and maybe settling down in an aisle for a while or in a comfy chair and check out a little stack of books and decide which ones I want and don't or if I want, you know, what do I want? And I feel like that is something that makes it easier for me to not be overwhelmed by the sheer amount of books that I'll never get the time to read because I won't live long enough to be able to process all of them unless I quit my job and just read for a living. Yeah. But so what are you saying? That it's the, it's the physicality and the tactileness of that experience is somehow different than... Uh, for, for me... It's yeah. different than looking at a giant digital repository because I'm not getting the same physicality that seems to help me better sift through and make those types of decisions. Okay, so, so yeah, like as a result, it's like I can watch a video of the game, but something about the physical experience of purchasing media, I think just fits with my personal my personality better on the whole. I'm not saying this will solve it, but I wonder if what I'm doing is exactly what you are trying to overcome as well. And and we have also discussed off air that our brains are likely very similar in this regard. Right. So what I'm so when you go into a digital storefront, it's like recommended for you, and this algorithm says this, and if you like this, you like this, and it's it's just a lot of stuff trying to grab you, and and I don't think Steam is a bad marketplace where it's ugly, and I think the recommendations are are okay, they're mostly good, but I don't, I, I never browse Steam, I I hmm. I, I, I never browse Steam. I learn about games from the media. And from social media, from from mm -hmm. communities that are like, "Whoa, have you seen this?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then I go, and then I, I go from those platforms into Steam, and then say, "Purchase or not purchase," or, c c c uh, uh, you know, write it down or not. And I guess what I'm saying is like, don't browse Steam. Use a use a tool like a spreadsheet or a Trello board to gather things together the way you just described you would pull this off the shelf and pull this off the shelf and go to a cozy corner and then sit in sit in a comfy chair and look at the different books and then decide well i can't read them all so i'm this one's the one because i kind of organize my thoughts that is what this uh system does for me mm. and it it again it takes me out of the store experience out of the sort of marketing experience and puts it in a more like I know what I like and lots of people or reviewers or professionals or YouTubers said or played this. So this goes in this column now. And mm -hmm. that's, and that is what I, that is, I think I'm doing what you are doing in the bookstore, but digitally. And so my, I guess my point is maybe it's not a digital physical thing. I, I think e-shops and storefronts are just, check out the sale and you're like ah well, i don't know what that is. what i maybe that's good i don't know that's it's different from hmm what do i like 
Yeah, it does. It sounds like you've got a sorting method that really helps you. But like, for instance, you mentioned like how you're thinking about what to play and like a, the big factor for you is time. Like how much time, you know, will this take for me to play this? And I never think about time ever. Mm. Like I only, <laughs> this is actually a filter that applies to much of my life. You have a very, <laughs> very, very short window in which anything can catch my catch and hold my attention Yeah, because my attention is so scattered. And so if something gets lucky enough to fall in there and amuse me, then it may stay. But like, if but there's if, two layers of that. One is, did this capture my attention enough for me to purchase and try it? And then step two, now that I'm trying it, is it grabbing me enough to keep going? And I, and, hmm. and I think those are separate yeah. steps. Yeah. And I, and I guess what I'm maybe saying is like, I'm getting real organized on step one so that I don't get burned at step two where I like invested the time, spent the money, went to step two, tried the game. And I was like, ah, oh, God, why did I think this was good? What a waste of time. What a waste of time. Uh, and money. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's what my system is trying to avoid. And, uh, you know, and this gets back to like the whole like I really try not to play B minus games. And we talked about it at length. No disrespect to B minus games. but like. If I'm going to put 40 hours in, I need to be fairly confident that what I'm hitting purchase on here is going to be installed now and it's going to be, uh, you know, 40 hours later. I'm mm -hmm. good. I'm good. You know, that's yeah. kind of where my head goes. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've really never thought about it quite like this, but, you know, it does make me kind of think like, you know, the, for instance, the, at the bookstore, the process of elimination of, I picked up these five books I'm interested in, but I'm probably not going to buy all five. So I'm <laughs> going to go sit down somewhere and kind of look through them and read the intros and see what holds my attention most. Cause I tend to <laughs> like to leave the bookstore with one, two books max. <laughs> but like when I'm, I'm not really, I have a wish list, but even that is like way too long. So I think like a system like that, where it would be like, these are the games that like, you know, the top five things that have caught my attention in the last month. Yes. Uh, and to look at them in such a way like the books where it was like, you know, well, which of these would I want to play the most or like what kind of surfaces at the top after looking at this for a while, that might be a way for me to better organize and, and sift to decide what I really want to put the time into. And then use the wish list, which is a great feature uh, on mm -hmm. Steam and many other platforms. Make your top five list in a, in another system. In another system, meaning like, I can't wait for these games to come out. They're I, I'm really excited about them. And then you're just living life. And then Steam will be like, "Hello, this game on your wish list is now available." And you're right. like, "Oh, this was a t this is a top fiver. It's yep. here. It's available." Yep. Is it is it twenty dollars? Is it forty? Uh, you know the difference between twenty dollars and forty dollars uh, for a game that you're going to spend three hundred hours playing. That is negligible <laughs> to to me in the time to 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 dollar ratio. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't again I, I don't buy sit, buy into sales and then own games that just sit. I just wait for games to become available or i wait for time to become available you know if that makes any sense yeah no it makes perfect sense and i i like having a uh, kind of a new lens to look at it through because uh, it makes me think that perhaps i could not feel quite so overwhelmed and cluttered when it comes to well what am i going to play next 
And you know what else it does? It, it would, I think, keeps the games off the quote unquote backlog. Cause it's, I don't, you know, that, that term is, um, nebulous but i think the way you framed it and the way most people think about it is i bought this game and one day i'll play it but i I can't seem to get to it i i have the quote-unquote backlog too but it but they're not owned they're just ideas Mm -hmm. of things that i might want to play and so what happens often is i don't know if i'm i can't think of a good example but it's like oh i can't wait to play this game it's so good i don't have time for it Days go by, weeks, months go by, and then another game that is similar or scratches the same itch and is somehow better or more relevant for some reason, that comes along and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this. And the and the game that I previously thought was the bee's knees is is redundant in some ways. And then I and then what happens is I bought bought and played the better game and didn't spend time on the redundant game and therefore it gets sort of knocked off the list and again that's just a shuffle of priorities but i didn't buy it Mm -hmm. when it went on sale i just wrote it down i guess you know right yeah that's definitely (laughs) that's definitely interesting um (laughs) earlier today i saw that um it was in my Facebook feed that uh, the game 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim was on sale yeah. on the PlayStation mm. store. And mm-hmm. so many people have told me to go play that game. Yeah. And I'm I've like, heard great things. I'm like, Oh, I'm like vanilla wear. And it's a sci-fi, like, you know, 13 into 20 stories. And it just like, it seems so very me and I've missed it. Right. And I've had multiple people. I really respect be like, Oh my God, you, you must play it. So I went and looked at it and I was like, all right, you know, it's a $60 game on sale for 26 99. I'm like, that's, that's yeah. a pretty good deal, but it, I'm pretty nice. sure it's also a long game, you know? And so I put it right on my like little bookmark, like tab, like bookmarks tab at the top. So I could like look at it for the next few days and be like, <laughs> are you really gonna, are you? Yeah. So this is the way I agonize about games, <laughs> yes, but that's it. Right. So, so yeah. So I'm wondering, don't worry about that number. Just say, this is a game for me. I think many people, people tell me it's great. Uh, I'm not going to play it now. Mm-hmm. Just bookmark it. Mm-hmm. And one day you're going to wake up and be like, I need a fucking anime sci-fi game now. <laughs> and then if it, co- you know, maybe it'll cost $50 instead of $60 and it will still be, because you know, they will, they, they, you know, because well, we were talking about the Final Fantasies and I was like, all I do is grind looty games. I need a, I need a good old fashioned JRPG. And then I just, and then I just grabbed it, you know, because that's, that was the right moment to have it. Yeah. Speaking of, I wonder how, I wonder how you playing that is going. <laughs> Uh, it is going well. I beat the wall with a little, uh, a little looking up strategies. I feel like I'm specking the characters. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. We talked a little bit about this because I I'm looking, it's like, I'm at this boss enemy and I'm reading multiple guide, not guides, but like forum posts of like, Oh, you do this and cast this spell and this spell. I'm like, I haven't even seen these spells. I don't even need, I haven't seen this equipment. I'm like, what are you even talking about? So I'm worried. I have a, a minor worry that I'm choosing the wrong classes or specking the characters mm. in ways that are not ideal. And like, that's a silly thing. Cause like, you know, it's a final fantasy game. I, there's no wrong, wrong way to play. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, 
it was very alarming that it's like, oh, just cast this and this and it's no problem. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck even like, is that? What? I've never even heard what of that. What are you that. talking yeah. about? What are you talking about? Like, you know, when you're like, oh, when I get to level 30, I'll get this spell. I see where that is. So I just got to grind more. It's like, no, I literally don't see that on the tree anywhere. What are you talking about? So anyway, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I'm digging it. Nothing more to report. I'm going slowly because I am. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm on the high seas currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, and also that. So, but <laughs> I guess at this point we're we're rolling full on into what are we playing? What are we playing? Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Oh, you know, just briefly on the Steam stuff, I just I want to second the ecosystem stuff, and mm. I just I'm I will remain a loyal Steam user for all the reasons that that others are. It's like your library is there and it's all this accessibility and 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 the discounts and things. Like that's 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 basic stuff, but like I'm just so pleased that that Valve continues to I, and they're not the most innovative cutting edge, but that they that they are paying attention to VR. Like they, that's where you go to to play PC VR. Even fucking Epic Game Store uses Steam VR because they don't have a VR, uh, uh, whatever you call it, not client, but a uh, you know a, a a framework. I, but I'm I love streaming. Uh, you know I love um, streaming from my PC to other devices in the house, TVs, etc. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so pleased that Steam kind of got out in front of that very early on and, and was like, hey, you got another laptop? Stream from one computer to another. Like, just mm-hmm. open the window and, pl- and play it. Like, oh, hey, you want to stream over the internet to a phone? Like, you can do that too. It's And it's, and you, you, you know, when you see this stuff come out, it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's probably going to suck, though. That's probably trash. And you, and you start <laughs> doing it and you're like, no, this is actually fantastic. It's like I have a console in every room in my house. Right. And, uh, and I have, as discussed, I've graduated on to uh, using NVIDIA GameStream and, and Moonlight and things like that, which are a bit more robust and, and a bit more configurable. Um, but like, and, and I just, I didn't stick to the Steam controller, but I'm just so happy that someone was like, what if you could play Civilization on your TV from the couch and using this wacky controller? And it's like, I I applaud that and I hope they continue doing it. They obviously are with the Steam Deck, as you alluded to. And so um, all those reasons. And then the other thing, I don't know if I've talked about it here, but it's like, when when the new consoles came out, there was all this discussion about, what do they call it, smart delivery and backwards compatibility. And it's like, Will my digital game on a PS4 play on a PS5? Well, if you download a patch and then reconfigure this and then buy this version, but then upgrade to this version, then you can play it. And I'm like, a a fucking Steam game that I bought 20 years ago can play on anything I own. Like, what? Why is this so hard? And I, and I don't know the actual answers to those questions. I'm sure there is architectural problem, you know, thing challenges to overcome in these systems. But like, I am very pleased that, for the most part, Steam games transcend PC games. You know, Windows executables transcend generations and graphics cards and CPUs. Like, you can you can keep playing your Steam library forever. And I'm sure there are cutoff points of like, you know, I don't know if you have a 68, 64 bit system. 
might not play 32-bit system. And so whatever comes after 64, you know, if we're doubling that, you know, maybe that one day, these 64-bit games will not be runnable without some black magic. But like, I just, I have confidence, you know, Steam has not let us down in that department. They've Mm -hmm. always uh, done the work to make sure those things work mostly, mostly fine. So I just, I, I am pleased. And I am also pleased to see like, hey, you know, in five years, I probably won't be buying another PC. I will probably be streaming games from my Steam account from the cloud to a phone or to a TV. And I have every confidence they will be leaders in that space. And so uh, anyway, like I just wanted to second your note here about that, that they pay attention to the ecosystem and the technology yeah. and and that matters to me a lot. It really does. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I really, you know, I love them or hate them. You know, I do feel like the ecosystem that Apple has created has, when I've used Apple products has made my life insanely easier and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but moving to PC and not having the ecosystem work in the same, you know, ecosystem for dummies way that I enjoyed has been a source of frustration that I think I've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, well, Windows is a different, that's a different beast for sure. Yeah. Uh, but like just talking about Steam, you know, like you can put Steam on a Mac, you can put Steam on a new PC, old PC. Uh, like think about, I think about like, I purchased, uh, what do they call them? Not digital, not digital console. What do they call VC uh, virtual console, virtual console, virtual console games on the Wii because Hey, I can get Mario brothers on the Wii. I can get play Zelda on the Wii. Mm -hmm. That shit's gone forever. Like Mm -hmm. it's gone, it's gone forever. I have Mm -hmm. to rebuy them. I mean, you know, thankfully Nintendo does switch online, but like you've got to pay for that. So that sort of shit, those the shenanigans of like a new console, nothing works on it, buy it all again in this collector's edition. That doesn't happen with Steam. And I am I am grateful for that, uh, mm-hmm. the way they handle that ecosystem. So, yeah, absolutely. Love it. I have confidence in where that will go, like in the next like five to 10 years, too. Yes. Yeah. Same. Pretty right. freaking cool. Let's get into our next segment. What are we playing? But first, before we talk about what we're playing, uh, we have some chatter in the Discord quite a bit. Um, that Discord be chatting all the time these days. It be chatting all the time. It's good. It's good. Megalith says that he's playing Dreamscaper, which I uh, have made a note of. Uh, he says it's a shockingly deep roguelite that touches on mental health loss, improving oneself, building relationships, and a really good soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack by Dale North. Is that someone you're familiar with? It is. Uh, Dale and I worked together for many years at Destructoid, and he wow. is an incredible musician who then, after staying in game writing for a while, decided that he wanted to go full-time into making music for games, and he's now been doing that for many years, and his work is gorgeous. Um, I've played several of the games that he's scored before, but I was already interested in Dreamscaper without realizing that Dale was the composer, because obviously yeah. those are all like topics I'm very into. Um, so yeah, I think between those topics and knowing he scored it, I'm, I'm totally in. Um, but yeah, I will most likely get home and 
And uh, that will be the next thing that will be bumped up. See, to go back Put to it the, up. Bump the it prior up on the thing, list. it's like, oh yeah, that's going to go way up on the list because of a personal connection plus the yes, topic. exactly. But mm-hmm. that's 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 what it is. Of like, if you opened the Steam store, does Steam know based on your history that Dreamscapers for you? Maybe, but probably not. <sighs> but now because you have external, you have information from a personal connection. You have information about a composer, which. Mm-hmm. no no algorithm would likely you know recommend something based on that uh, yeah uh just <laughs> it's the external sources only that that inform this kind Be- of stuff before the podcast started but after i read that because it went in before the podcast started to the discord i looked up dreamscaper on my phone and yeah. the literal first review that popped up says and i i, I read this directly from where it's written dreamscaper is an action roguelike that combines the combat of hades with the relationship building of persona (laughs) five there you go someone sold someone was like let's make a game for colette bennett that's what i'm saying that's it that's a colette bennett game wait wait what did we call it a colette ass game i think you called it like 10 episodes ago that is a colette ass game all the way so yes tm definitely be playing that <laughs> definitely and and now it's on the queue so right i just i love it yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, so that's one dreamscaper is one that peaked my caught my eye and for whatever reason did not meet any, enough criteria where i i don't believe i i added it to my board but uh but if you do get into it uh oh I i'm will. eager to hear and I'm i'll talk about it hear. here so it's inevitable that you'll hear about it <laughs> so did you play pistol whip the expansion or what i did um i am fortunate enough to have gotten my hands on it a little bit early um because the folks at um cloudhead games are lovely and they appreciate the fact that i will scream about their game until the end of eternity (laughs) um so i am playing smoke and thunder which is yet another completely free expansion every expansion they've ever put out has been completely free for owners of the real game which is Mm -hmm. insane because when pistol whip first came out it had 10 songs and now it has 28 songs and two full expansions with five like full story like like Mm. they have a beautiful comic illustrator who does their work for them like full flesh stories with five playable levels in each one and like i literally can talk about pistol whip until i pass out from lack of oxygen and i'm not done (laughs) because i love it that much but uh so yeah the new campaign is western um which is real fun fun because it actually pushes some cool mechanics so for people who are listening who aren't familiar with pistol whip uh pistol whip was inspired by that scene in the first john wick film where he's uh moving through a club pursuing people and he I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but I'm guessing they did. He actually shoots on beat several times to the, mm. the music, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, three shots in a row to the beat of. And I guess the developer saw that and were like, wow, you know, it would be great. And, uh, <laughs> a you know, whole hence, game like hence this. Pistol Whip was born. So uh, several of the levels have definitely got big John Wick vibes. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the guns you can use are named after him or they're his actual guns or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, real cool. So uh, 
so then I think like, you know, they, I don't know if they ever expected that Pistol Whip would be as as popular as it is and as, as highly rated as it is. So then they were like, well, how can we expand this universe? And the first foray into that universe was to do kind of like a sci-fi style uh, campaign mode, basically, which I really loved. That was last year. And so this is their second campaign. And so they decided to go with the Western theme, which I'm not really a big Westerns fan. So at first I was like, not thrilled. But then after I mm. played it, I was like, God damn, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one really cool thing about what smoke and thunder does, the music is still terrific. It's everything that you would expect from if you're already a pistol whip player, right? But what they did was they took the mechanics and the fun of, you know, what you could do, and they kind of made it so you're pretty much always holding two six shooters. Yeah. So what's cool about that is that in the, I think, second and third levels of the campaign, you change from from six shooters in both hands to some other gun. But anyway, the gun has two shots in it. And so you Mm. have to reload every two shots, which sounds like Mm. a massive pain in the ass. But when you're playing the actual levels, you kind of realize that it forces a certain type of strategy that Mm -hmm. I've never really had anything quite like that in Pistol Whip before. And I really appreciate that. Like, for instance, I tend to be a um, a one hand Pistol Whip player. So I prefer to play the levels with one gun because Mm -hmm. it used to be that there was a point deduction for playing with a second gun. Like if you play at a level with the second gun, you get like 20% less points or something. And then eventually uh, they removed can... that. Okay. Right. So yeah, basically the idea would be, you know, you can let so many more bullets fly that you're going to get a point deduction. But I think people were like, no, some people really like to play with two guns for other strategy reasons. And so they decided to remove that. Mm-hmm. But I'm so old school about pistol whip that I continue to play it with like that one gun. And when I isn't tried, that a disadvantage then, or or no? Has it been uh, balanced in a way? Uh, no, it's kind of like you're really hardcore if you play with one gun because that means that you have to be able to do everything that the hard levels demand of you using only one gun instead of two guns. Yeah, so yeah, I, right. But I, I, guess I guess I, I guess I love pain. But, like I don't know that, but that's what I mean. It, it, it is it is a disadvantage. It is almost it is a hard mode in in some way. Am yeah. I am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're totally not wrong. Um, and you know it was a point of pride I think because I played that way up until they changed the the issue with with um with double guns being a detriment like it's no longer any point deduction if you play with two guns or I one guess on what any I'm saying level. is like you should get credit somehow oh, i don't for disagree playing with just one gun yeah ah, because it is a, interesting it's, it's like you are playing on hard mode it's like it should be a separate leaderboard or there should be an asterisk mm. on your name being like oh no this is you got these points the hardest way possible that's interesting like, how, how that's could the kind so, of thing that they're ten, like, all right. i think if i put that in their discord they'd really like to hear that if 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 person A got ten thousand points with two guns and you got ten thousand points with one gun, right? One of those achievements is is harder than the other, and 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 again, for games, it's just having fun. But you are a leaderboard leader of this, and so there should be a an asterisk here. I feel you know. Yeah, what I mean? no, that's a really good point. I didn't think of it that way. Um, I just kind of thought of it as two different styles. But you have a very good point. And, well, um, I, and I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe again again is there some sort of balance here like <laughs> if one gun has six bullets and two guns has 12 bullets 
and there's no right. other balance, then then it's clearly an advantage. Right? But yeah. I don't know. No, the game. you're right. You're you're dead. No, 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 no. You're right. And it's something I never thought about. Like for instance, because I've played one gun for so long, when I tried when they took the penalty off of double mm-hmm. wield, and mm-hmm. I went and started trying to play levels with two guns, I felt handicapped because I'm so attuned to playing to the rhythm and shooting on the rhythm with the one gun. That right. shooting with two guns was just not working for me. Too much. So yeah. to get back to the point, Smoke and Thunder forces you to play with two guns. Okay. Because you're a cowboy, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. F- two guns. And <laughs> it, it also forces you to go through levels where each gun only has a few bullets, which is so interesting because it means you have to time your reloads and time the way you're shooting in a totally different way. And I find that like super, super fascinating. Um that's cool. So that was really fun. And what I loved about it most was that I felt as if I was playing pistol whip for the first time again. Nice. nice. And I feel like that's like one of the best compliments I can give them at this juncture in time. Like I was really electrified by playing the first campaign and I did feel like I was having some new experiences, but like, I kind of feel like playing this expansion that I'm going to have to learn how to get good at it all over again. Yeah. And I take that as a great challenge. Yeah. What more could you want? Yeah. I love this game so much. So, (laughs) so I'm like, wow, that's great. And another great thing about pistol whip, I think is that it's one of those games, you know, like it's nice to have different games that suit different things. And for me, I'm not going into pistol whip, like for any kind of like, you know, deep storytelling or any of that. I'm going into pistol whip because I want to shoot some motherfuckers on time, Mm -hmm. perfectly Mm -hmm. on beat. And I want to like, literally destroy that leaderboard and it Mm -hmm. makes me feel like a goddamn badass like i Mm -hmm. think i i always call pistol whip the john wick simulator because to me that's what it's like you're john wick yeah Yeah. and so when i want to get that high that's when i'm gonna pop in and play an hour of pistol whip and pop back out but i appreciate that it's something i can turn to for a specific thing and spend a specific amount of time and then be like, okay, I'm done. Because yeah. the hard levels make you squat and move so much that I honestly can't play for more than an hour without being like covered in sweat and exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect experience. Like I love how condensed it is. My question about it was um, given how much you've played it and and your mastery of it, did you, do you often go back and and replay stuff you've always played or were you kind of like done with it and now yay here's an expansion can't you know finally can't wait to get back in i continue to play regularly because i am still i have still not cracked like the top 50 of a lot of the leaderboards and i okay, want to so be you there have, you have more more i work have to more do. to go i've never gotten to the you know the top spot i have a friend who actually became my friend because he was the number one pistol whip player and i messaged him on twitter and i was like <laughs> i need you to be my sensei and train me and so that's how we became friendly but um anyway <laughs> like and i talked to him about it i was like well you know you're literally the number one pistol whip player on every every leaderboard and he's like yeah and he's like and it made it kind of tough for me because you know at that point i had achieved all there was to achieve and i kind of had to move on to a different game yeah 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 yeah. and i totally get it you know like i get it but i think because i never hit that point my i i still have that fire of like can i just move up one more space can i move up 10 more spaces and so i I don't think that's gonna go away because to be honest with you i don't think i'll ever be 
in that number one slot. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm mm-hmm. going to necessarily score that high. But he was the person to tell me that playing on PC got him way higher scores. And I was yeah. like, okay. So yeah. now I, I don't really play on Oculus anymore. I mostly just play on my PC. And <laughs> fun fact, when Smoke and Thunder's VIP testing came out, one of the things we had to do to install it just so it wouldn't screw anything up was uninstall and reinstall the pistol whip game. Oh, so all my scores got wiped. Well, how, how isn't it like cloud based or I like thought le- it was. leaderboards are, I, I leaderboards are public. If I was to pull up an individual leaderboard some way, which I don't know if there's a way, I don't know of one that there is, but like in, I mean like in my game, if I go, Okay, so here's how it works. You load a level, you click your level, and then if you want to look over and see your current score, it's over on your right-hand side in VR. My scores aren't there anymore. I mean... Okay, (laughs) but if you go to look at the public leaderboard for who is in the top whatever, like, you're still there right i'm just probably you, still i mean i would have to type to look this up and have, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that to to sure. our sound but <laughs> i mean i guess i've never i've never tried to do it that way i guess it would probably be in the oculus well no because i'm not playing on the oculus so i don't i, I don't know i'm gonna now look up pistol whip leaderboard on my phone and figure out how to <laughs> find this out but it, it's easier i guess i should say uh, like, for instance, I can't look and go, oh, OK, cool. When I'm in VR, I can't be like, OK, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, you know, 57th in the world. I want to up right. that. I, I guess because it, no it was storing shows. local data. But like, I guess. Yeah. Did you lose progress? Like, are you did you have to start a fresh save? I don't know how it works. I, I would assume it was an online yeah, not a live w- service game, but, you know, like there was you know, uh, 99% know, of, of Steam games have cloud support. You right. Know, so, yeah, I don't I mean, it's something I never thought about before. But like, you know, I did that. I came back in and I just thought in my mind, well, my you know scores are in the leaderboard. And then when I came back into the interface and I highlighted a level and I looked to my right to see my rank, there was no rank. I mean, that's uh Maybe I'm um, maybe because you're in this beta or something. Maybe perhaps. Uh, uh, maybe maybe? I, th- it could be actually. You know what? Ooh, you just pointed that out, and I remembered that last time I did the beta for the prior campaign. That when I was in that mode, that I couldn't see my score. So maybe that's what it is. Not I the hope. reinstall. I hope too, because like it would suck. But I was just yeah. like, Ugh! and then Patrick <laughs> was like, you can just do it all over again if you want to, and I was like, yeah, but. I don't wanna. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, those are those are some achievements. And and I don't. Again, I don't know the game, but like this is a precision speed kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that beautiful run you had uh, six months ago mm-hmm. would be hard to recreate. It's it was yeah. there was a magic moment that happened. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's got it's, it's got to still be there though. Come on, somehow, some way. Like I, I, I just did look it up on my phone. Uh, and I did see that, like, you can definitely look at those leaderboards. So, I mean, <laughs> it would be a matter of figuring out where, I guess, uh, to find myself, uh, you know, yeah, if I could yeah. search my username or something like that. Yeah. It's just so much more convenient to just look to my right while I'm playing and know my my current where score. You are and in that relation. is not there anymore. It's got to be because it's uh, the, the beta client is like a new instance. And so... 
I, what do I know about game right. dev? But I, this sounds like it's like, oh, who are you, new user? Welcome to this game. Like, it's not you. It's it's a it's a it's a different instance. So I bet right. when you go back, I hope. right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I will have to find out. Now I'm curious enough that maybe I'll actually like have a look at it after the podcast is over. <laughs> which I know I'm in my beautiful cabin, but I'm going home tomorrow morning, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just look. You just got to know. I might just, yeah, I just, you gotta know. yeah. Um, but one real quick, I just want to insert that also I'm playing one other game, which is 100% a fucking clicker game, which I usually never play, but I feel the need to talk <laughs> about it briefly because it is such a fucking delight. The game is called old friends dog game. And it is a game where you run a senior dog sanctuary for homeless dogs who don't have homes and won't be adopted because they're too old. Okay. It's a real sanctuary that really exists. Ah. And the sanctuary thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we made a game and in it, you get to meet the dogs. Some of the dogs are like lifers that have been there forever. Um. And some of them are dogs that actually live there that you can freaking adopt in real life, which blows my mind because I've seen huh. so many shelters do so many interesting things to adopt out their animals. But like yeah. to me, this is maybe the most genius thing I've ever seen any because shelter do. Because you're like you're like falling in love with these virtual versions of the dogs, and then someone goes, "It's a real dog," and you can <laughs> and you can have it. Where is the shelter located? Like in the world? Uh, I think it's in America, but at this exact moment, I can't tell you exactly where it is, but I do know okay. that, and this is another thing I thought was super cool. All of the proceeds of anything that you might purchase in the game or mm -hmm. whatever are supporting the shelter. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, I won't just give you money just because, but yeah. like, you know, when I can click on one of the dogs that I'm like taking care of in my shelter and then like click through and be like, bagel is a real dog and here's bagel and here's how old bagel is and here like you know here's bagel's story like i literally was just so one ridiculously won over i was like okay that's extraordinary i've never yeah. heard of anything like this and and also my next question is like as these dogs come and go and new ones come to the shelter in real life and some get adopted and some these are older dogs i'm assuming some pass away like are they updating this game with the real dogs that are really happening? Like what's going on? Right. That's a really good question. Well, um, so I have been playing a super long time, only about two days, but so far my shelter has two dogs. Uh, one dog is a dog that is considered the, uh, mascot of the old friend, senior dog sanctuary. He's a blind older dog named Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, you know, he's in it. He's the main dog, the first dog you get. <laughs> and then the second dog that I got was named Bagel. And he was a senior Cocker Spaniel, I think. And when I clicked through to learn about Bagel, I learned that Bagel was also like one of the most beloved, longest lasting dogs there. But Bagel actually passed away last year. Right. So I was like, okay. okay, cool. So like in some of them, I guess it's kind of like an homage in a way. To like yes. a dog they really loved but then other ones they'll be like you know are you in love with bagel well you know ba bagel lived his life here 
but here are the other adoptable dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, How... y'all are fucking geniuses. <laughs> it's genius. I mean, like, like okay, you run an, an uh, a, a nonprofit of any kind, or you run a shelter, or whatever, and you there's a marketing team, and they're like, okay, what are we gonna do? We're gonna buy Facebook ads. We're gonna put up billboards. Like, how are we gonna get our stuff happening and our message out and some fucking genius was like yeah let's make a let's make a tamagotchi for the real fucking dogs so what is what is is it a management set you said clicker but like are you um, so, buying resources for the dogs to help yes. them like are you so growing the shelter you're doing a couple things you're growing and building the shelter so you're like you know it's empty of course someone gave it to you and it's like beat up as shit so hmm. you're like you know furnishing and slowly cleaning up the shelter and all that is like gaining you points and then your grandfather like once, left you a shelter uh, on his literally deathbed. word for word that's what happened <laughs> this fucking, like what that, if we made star stardew valley for dogs right exactly so and then like you'll be playing and then you have a little computer in the corner that'll be like oh these are people who are sending donations to the shelter so you have to go and collect your money for the donations and then you have to go in the kitchen and you get to make recipes so you get to like be like oh let me try these dog biscuits or like doggy cupcakes and then every once in a while you'll hear like like from like the other room and so you'll go in and one of the dogs will be begging for attention and so you have Uh to rub their bellies and like give them food and play with them and then they get content and then they give you love which are little hearts that like you know obviously boost up your your level and all that stuff but i was just like this is the kind of mindless joy that i need Is this uh, is this a mobile game? Is this on Steam? What are, what's going on? No, I'm I'm literally playing it on my phone, and uh, the reason I know about it is because our mutual friend Monica was like, "Look at this," and I was like, "Get <laughs> the fuck out!" And I was that like, was "My next question has a more... Where did you find this? Where yeah, did you find Monica. this? Okay, well, Monica, but great. To go a little bigger, there is a Twitter account which I believe I might have. I might have heard about this first. Like I knew about it um, called wholesome games. And okay. really this is kind of the only thing that they, they basically tweet about the most wholesome fucking games you could possibly imagine. This is the top of the charts. Cause again, it's not just, Oh, planting crops, petting animals. It's fucking real. Like this has real impact on a real shelter. Like, yeah, I would like, love to hear Let's get them on the show. You know I was what I mean? Just like, about let's to say, like, if we invited them on the show, I would be, I would, I would have to back so far up from the mic because I would just be like bubbling <laughs> the entire time. I'd be like, oh my God, this is like the coolest thing. I can't believe you guys did this. And they would just be like, whoa, this girl. Like, no, because she... we need to know who, how did they come up with this? And also, how many funds have been raised yes. or dogs have been adopted from this? Right. This because, is extraordinary. I mean, you know, like most games of this type, you can you know make microtransactions so you know like yeah. when i go to the store and i'm like ooh you know i need to get some ingredients to bake some biscuits or whatever like you can scroll down past the food and it'll be like would you like to buy you know i think they call them like bark bucks you know and you you have the option to buy bark bucks which will buy you other things within your game and it's like usually i'm like these motherfuckers are trying to like steal my money but like i look at this and i'm like oh you want me to pay 50 dollars in bark bucks and then the money's gonna go to taking care of the old dogs okay I mean, 
call it your charitable donation for the for the year or for the quarter, whatever you whatever you're able to but make. Like, how much fun is that? And I mean, look, yeah. it's not like it's not incredibly fun to support. Like, I support shelters regularly. I support every yeah. year. Like for my birthday, I far prefer to you know give to a shelter to raise donations for a shelter instead yeah. of you know having people give me stuff. Like, it's it's one of my joys, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like this approach. To me, is just kind of genius. It's genius. It's genius. So I'm glad I shared it because it was. I I, I was like, ooh, I don't want to take up too much time tonight with it because I'd already talked about another game. It's so good. It's just too cool. So yeah, I would absolutely love to get them on the show and let's uh, let's try to do that. Let's try to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I need to know like where the idea came from, and then like I'm sure the game was farmed out to a mobile dev and that's not a that's not a exactly. direct, I'm not saying that in a negative way it's like no but it's like we have this on idea the shelter staff yeah made no. a made a fucking game but like it's amazing but i forgot to tell you one last thing which probably as charming as this is was maybe the thing that charmed me the most you mm-hmm. can do live streams with the dogs where you have a stream and they appear on the stream and you get to choose what food you're going to give them and what treat you're going to get or what toy you're going to give them. So then you start streaming and you have a little chat thing that comes up on the side where people will say, Oh, can you give Mac a treat? Uh, can, can you, can you let Mac play with the red ball? And as you do that during the stream, you gain, you know, more stuff, more points, more money to use or whatever. So you freaking live stream on their version of Twitch within the game. <laughs> Get but out. Those little the little chat and whatever that that's just like NPCs or whatever. It's not you're not you're not streaming. No, it's not for real, real people. people. That, that would be players. insane. Okay. That would uh, be yeah, pure yeah. insanity, but I mean, you know, yeah. Even so Kind of I right. want this to be I want this to be like social not that you would be trading dogs it's not Pokemon or anything but like I want you know I, I feel like if you could interact with other players of the game somehow right to like right trade trade goods to help the dogs I don't know but yeah Jesus, no I, I get it. it like it like the idea just gets bigger and bigger the more you think <laughs> about it and I think it's super super cool but anyway yeah so super fun go play old friends dog game it's awesome and hopefully we will be talking to the developers in the very near future old friends dog game that's the full that's mm-hmm. it wow yeah I'm pretty sure they'll have a Twitter account too, and I probably already follow it. So I'll try to look it up and figure out who we would talk to. But yes. Jesus Christ. Shout out to Monica. Holy shit. Of course she would know this game. Because I'm like, that's my, I'm like sitting here being like, where did you, where did you read about this? Where, who told you? Yeah. Yep. Great. Would you like to talk about something now? <laughs> I will talk about, I just cannot get over the, I, the fact here that like this game, Sea of Thieves live service game from Rare, which we were talking about in the Discord too, uh, published by Microsoft, came out in 2018. So this is three to four years old now. And, uh, you know, 
I, it just didn't, it just never occurred to me that this would be a game that would interest me. Like I didn't, I guess my per, early perceptions of it were like, it's a cool pirate game. I don't care mm-hmm. about pirates. And mm-hmm. all the reviews were like, it's a cool idea and there's not enough content. And so that, so I feel like when I encountered it in the wild, I was like, wow, that's nifty moving on and didn't think about it again. And I just don't know why. I don't know why in 2021, I was like, what's up with Sea of Thieves and started looking into it and holy cow. And so here's uh, in a nutshell, I just, uh, I'll try to express why it's so addictive. And for starters, I'll say like, there is something about being a, a trucker, a space trucker, a ship trucker. There's something about being in a craft or a boat or a spaceship and loading goods onto it and then getting everything sealed up and locked down and shut the hatch and then go off into un- to another place and d- and bring those goods safely to another place that is what appeals to me about Eve online which I've been dabbling in again lately uh there's an aspect of that in No Man's Sky that I really really love um lot a handful of other games do this but but this game does this it is it is what this is about so i'll back up and and say you know and it's like this none of this is a revelation like if people know this game but like i was so thrilled to just it's an it's it's a sandbox it's open world there's a variety of factions that give you quests and you go and it's like all right go to this island and dig up this treasure and you gotta like look at the map and be like what the fuck island is this all right it looks like a kind of like a chicken leg or i'm gonna look at the big map and say oh it's here okay that is north northwest from here okay circle it on the map okay pull down the sail and you i'm playing solo i'm not playing with a crew but i think the the big fun is like you get other players on your ship with you and everyone has their job to do but i'm playing solo and it's a smaller ship and for starters it's like you need to you need to manage your ship like for real and and turning the wheel is like you got to turn it and crank it and then you're done you start moving and then you got to turn it back and lock it in place you got to pull the sail down you got to angle the sail you got to pull up the anchor like everything is a process and this ship is moving across the ocean in this sort of like you know it's a lumbering slow ship way you know a pirate ship way and then your wind the wind catches the sail and you are you're off and you're going and it you're out on this huge huge ocean alone and that is very serene and peaceful and relaxing except you got to pay attention to your shit because like you're moving and then like the map is like, all right, North, Northwest, crate. I got a clear shot to this Island. And then there's a big rock, you know, Hey, watch out. There's a storm or there's a something fishy going on up there. So you got to like, you got, you pull out your spyglass and look, look out across the water and then like crank the ship wheel and get your heading straight. And then up oh, now I'm off course. So I got to get around these rocks and turn back. Like you need to be on your shit. Because you've got something to do or you're transporting cargo. And, and so just that alone, those mechanics of managing a real ass ship is really uh, compelling. And it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a bit of a learning curve, but the systems they have in place are, are really extraordinary. 
and then but then the real thing that is going on here is just the just this crazy amount of, of emergent gameplay so even in the early stages it's like go to this island dig up this treasure okay and you're going and the fun is that 50 different things can happen on the way to the island, on the island, where so you go to the island and you're looking at that you you drop anchor, you 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 jump out, you're looking around to find where it is, and you're you have a compass. So you're like, okay, I'm on the south side of the island, so I'm facing the opposite direction, but I know that the treasure is in the east. So if I turn west, then I'm then I'm going backwards. And okay, I think it's gonna be by this tree. And you go over to that area you think it is, and you dig. And you dig and then you hit something and you're like, yep, I just used a compass, a map and the fucking stars to find this buried treasure out in an open sandbox world. And that that first feeling, those these like baby quests that that start you off are like, whoa, okay. again, it's not this is not Skyrim or something where it's like. And follow this quest, walk until you reach the quest marker, and then you're there. It's it's just not that. It is completely open. So you hmm. pick up, you scoop up the treasure, you load it on your ship, and then what tends to happen, and it's all very uh, emergent and procedural is not the right word because it's the same map every time, but it is... Um, maybe you find a, a bottle on the on the beach that has a riddle about going to somewhere else on the map or maybe you're attacked by skeletons or maybe you see another player off in the distance and you gotta say shit is this a is this player coming towards me what are they doing Mm -hmm. what flag are they flying because that matters and i won't get into that in too much depth um and if they are coming at you and you and you read that as a threat what do I do? What do I do? I have enough time to to lug this treasure chest back on my ship, pull up the anchor, set the sail, and get out of here because chances are they're gonna attack you and steal your treasure. So the other thing that I had to learn, what I which I found very interesting was, um, if you die, you respawn on your ship fairly quickly and so when you first start the game you're like oh i could just die as much as i want like what the fuck there's no penalty for dying that's weird and if your ship sinks then you just get a new ship like you just respawn on a new ship and you're back on a ship and you're like what the what's the point of this game it's so weird and what i came to learn through the emergent gameplay is like Oh, it's about the treasure. It's about the cargo and the treasure and the things that you have accumulated in a single, let's call it a run. So you start at an outpost, which is sort of like the civilized area where there's shops and merchants and all the NPCs that you interact with to get quests and cash in your gold and upgrade. Actually, you don't upgrade any equipment. It's all cosmetic. There is nothing. There's no leveling. There's no get a better gun. There's nothing. It is just mm-hmm. cosmetic upgrades. You rank up with the factions, which give you access to better quests, which get you more money, which gets you more cosmetics. And so that's the loop. But any player you meet ever in this game has the same gun and sword you do. Has There's no leveling. So that I found also huh. very interesting. Interesting. So what I came to 
realize, which I find really compelling, is that, okay, I'll walk it back. If your ship is on, it is, I don't know what you call it, solvent. If your ship is healthy, is sailing, if you die, you spawn back on the ship. If your ship is sunk, you can get a new ship, or if you die, you spawn back at another, at another ship. So I'm saying that to explain that the penalty for death is losing the treasure or cargo that you have on board. Hmm. Okay. So if your ship is loaded up with loot and you are killed, you have a chance of coming back and and especially if you have a crew that's like defending your ship, you'll spawn back on the ship and and you'll you might make it out of that scrape doing okay. But if your ship gets sunk, it's over even if you are still alive because your your loot goes into the water and then it can be scooped up by other players or eventually just sinks and it's gone forever and what you are then losing is the time that you spent digging up treasure fighting uh skeletons uh or moving merchandise or commodities across the map and so what happens is you're not really afraid of dying but you're afraid of like I have a boat full of goodies that I have sh- sailed through very treacherous waters and I'm almost there and I'm going to cash this in for a fuck ton of gold. Oh shit. There's <laughs> someone out there. Oh shit. They're coming out. And it is the most like, I mean, that seems accurate. That seems like it w- what it would be like. That's exa- exactly, exactly. And that's so cool. It's that's what I'm saying. It's so cool. And especially because I am typically playing again as like a merchant, as a trucker. I I I'm not playing with a crew, which means me attacking another ship is futile at best. I I I can't drive the ship, man the sails and fire cannons and board another ship to like mm-hmm. fight the the players. There's just no way. It's silly for me to do that. So what I'm currently doing is I'm working with the Merchant Alliance, which is one of the factions, to level up that relationship and make buttloads of gold by shipping commodities. And there's trade routes. So it's like, all right, if I buy stone at this port, I look at sort of a ledger and it says, oh, this week, week in real time, this week stone is very valuable at this port. And of course, it's like all the way across the map. So it's like, I buy as much stone as I as is available as I can afford, load it up on the ship. I have now expended money and a good deal of time loading manually. That's the other thing. It's like you get a crate, you pick it up, you haul it, you drop it on your ship, you go back to the dock, you get the next crate. You haul, it is manual labor huh. all the way. So you expend but that's your money. Not boring. No, because the stakes. The stakes are high, are high. So I've spent time and money to load my ship up and then I set sail. And again, I've set sail and it's like, oh shit, there was, there's a, there's a shipwreck here in the water. Do I stop and loot that shipwreck for even more stuff that I can sell at the port that I'm going to? Do I do make a detour to stop at another port on the way because if i stop at another port on the way i could buy tea for cheap or or spices for cheap and sell them at the port that i'm going to and so you start creating this like 
this 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 route of of stops that are either planned or unplanned because oh there's a there's a message in a bottle or there's a treasure on the beach i could just grab if i just stop here and jump off my ship and grab it but you're always you're always like on your deck of your ship being like is anyone out there is anyone coming (laughs) just making sure just oh shit there's a ship out there but mm, well he's flying the flag of a different faction that probably doesn't want to bother me and he's going west so ah you know what he's it's fine i'm gonna keep going yeah and that that uh intensity and then the other thing that i that i really like is like even when you encounter pvp with other players and even when you lose a ship full of valuable stuff, it's like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool and fun and exciting and unpredict, crazy unpredictable. Like I was playing with the kids and or I was playing, my son was watching me and I'm, I'm at my starting port. And you, 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 you spawn into a, an outpost, a random outpost. So you're always in a new part of the ocean when you uh, load the map. By the way... Uh, inventory and ship inventory, none of it is persistent across play sessions. So when you start uh. the game, I, that's another very interesting thing that I learned. Because again, as a, as a new player, you're like, where's all my stuff? Like, what? why did I bother getting all these cannonballs and food and, and fish? And why did I do that if I'd have to start over? And it's actually quite ingenious because you... Each play session is a is an epic adventure voyage, and and you really, the game compels you to to play for like three hours at a time because, <laughs> hey, I'm roll, I'm going to the seaport, and I'm I'm on this mission, but like there's an island here, and if I stop, I can get extra wood to repair my ship. I can get extra cannonballs to defend myself. I can pick up some food to heal myself, because if you get into a scrape. You need those supplies. It's like, it, again, you, you said it best. You're like, oh, that feels very real. And it's a mm-hmm. cartoony, silly, magical, mystical pirate game. So none of it is quote unquote realistic. But like the need to make sure your ship is supplied and stocked because you have a long voyage ahead of you is real. You know, games where it's like, eat some food and get a buff. And then it's, and it's like, I don't really have to eat food. Like that's mm-hmm. I, I could eat it, but I don't. This is one of those games where like I better have some fucking bananas on the ship, <laughs> or I'm gonna get my ass kicked. You know, like I gotta stock up and get ready just in case. This reminds me of when we had the conversation. I can't remember the name of the Star Wars game where you were talking about playing, and I said, "Is it kind of like that moment with Han Solo in the cockpit?" where he like screams with happiness and you were like, <laughs> yes, it's just like that. Remember that? I don't, it's, I think it was, was it squadron? I can't remember the name it of the game. Squadrons. It was probably because squadrons is so like um, competitive. And I remember, I think I was talking about like, Oh, getting that final hit on the, on the shield generator. And you're like, yeah. Like you're like screaming, like console, like, woo, like I got it. Right. You know, it's a- and you were like, yes, it was just like that. And I'm like, yes, that's to me, that's like the ultimate, like win of a game when it's, when I, I, let me rephrase that a game that simulates something. And when you yes. literally have that feeling of I'm there, I think that's just the coolest thing that can happen. Yes. Yes. 
and and in this case, it's not the like woo. It's the like, oh shit! Like you're like I'm saying out loud, what what is what is that? Oh, no. who's out there? Like oh crap! What do I do? What do I do? Okay, okay, get the anchor up. Get <laughs> Yes, so it it is exactly like, and again, I you know, maybe it's just this pandemic and being home (laughs) and whatever, but like, I've never been a social competitive PvP anything. I've never played these kinds of games, and then all through the last two years, I've been like, let's go, let's, and I like that it is cooperative and competitive, and that you can completely avoid. If you know what you're doing, you can get the hell out of there before trouble starts. But I, like I, but like I was saying, I was loading loading the ship yesterday, two days ago, playing with my son, and there's voice chat too. So if if you're really playing hardcore, you can you're talking to your crew on voice chat. But then there's it's also proximity, so you can hear other players when they are close enough to you and also there's one item that every pirate has which is a uh megaphone is the wrong word because it's it's piratey time so it's not electronic (laughs) of course it's it's just a cone cone that you you can like you shout into it and so if you point the cone toward another ship and then you talk into your microphone which i'm not using but other players of course do Mm mm-hmm you start hearing them out over the water being like, hello there. Oh my gosh. And you can communicate with other ships. You can form alliances with them. You can say, surrender your treasure, or you can sneak up on them. So like one other, so I'm at port, I'm fully docked. I'm completely vulnerable. I'm off my ship. I'm loading crates. And all of a sudden I just hear this sound like, and what I realize is it's just someone with their mic on running an air conditioner or something <laughs> not talking but this guy just rolls up and parks right next to me and my my son is like yeah you gotta get out of here he's gonna get us and there's like nothing i can do so i just like look at him and he looks at me and he like says like or he types so he types in the, he's not even talking like it's not it's not audio chat it's just text chat it's like want do you need a banana Need any bananas? I was like, nope, all set. And he's like, all right. And I'm just waiting for him to pull out a gun and shoot me in the face. Dude just like wanders around, looks around, gets on his boat, sails away. I'm like, holy shit, we would have lost like 20,000 gold in cargo if he, he could have sunk my ship right there. If he wanted he to. It. Yeah. And But it was very tense. And I think he... He was armed, like he had his gun out and I'm like standing there like doing a jig, being like, ha ha ha, don't kill me. Uh, <laughs> and like, you didn't know, you didn't quite know what was going yeah. And so I've had players, I've had players roll up and I would hear them on the island, like you hear them around you and you're like, shit, I didn't know anyone was here, what the fuck? And then someone was just like, hey, need any help? And I was like, no, I'm good. And then you can, there's all these instruments, like it's all these emotes and stuff you can do. And you, so you playing instruments can be for funsies. You can drink ale, you can cheers, you can play a, play a banjo or a, or an accordion. Um, and sometimes those things trigger clues in the treasure map. So it's like at the skeleton, three paces South from the cage, play a jig, and then you'll unlock the next clue. So there's like gameplay <laughs> reasons, but players also just like play sea, sea shanties while they're sailing. And it's just fun. 
And so this player is like, need any help? I'm like, no, I got it. And again, I'm waiting to just be murdered. <laughs> and then he just starts playing an accordion and I play the banjo and like the game syncs up our songs. We're playing songs together, which then is like, you got the achievement for playing a song with another crew. Oh Here's 10,000 gold. I'm like, Fun. great. And then he went his way. I went my way and I sailed on. And it was like, ah, this is so, and, and like, I've been murdered many times also, but like those moments of like, huh? Oh, okay, okay, we're just having fun here. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it's wild. I just, I love it. And so, so gosh, fun. That's so it. awesome. It sounds like just pure fun. Pure fun and excitement. And also, I may have alluded to this previously, but like, I feel it's one of those games where I, ha- I feel like I have not scratched the surface yet there are so many other like there are forts by that get activated by skeletons and storms that are there's a vault and you can go in the vault and get treasure and look like there's all sorts of systems and mechanics uh that i have not dabbled in there's a whole emissary system which is like if you fly the flag of a faction you get additional reputation and reward the more tasks you do but as you rank it up the flag gets ranked up and so other players can see the flag so if you see like a rank four merchant emissary you you the other you know if you see that on the water you're like yeah that's probably that's a player who's been out on the water playing for two hours and is probably stocked with commodities and treasure right let me go kill them and so you're basically Uh saying kill me please you're flying a flag that says kill me and there's another uh, there's another faction called the reapers where the whole point of playing that faction is to kill other emissary ships and deliver the flags of the sunken ships to the the head of that faction to rank up that faction so like wow there are basically hunter ships out on the water and it's it's like if you see a reaper, like their their goal, the purpose of them playing right now in this in that server is to kill you. So either get ready to fight or get the fuck out. And so it's again, it's just that like looking through your spyglass and looking at shapes on the water and flags and masts, and it's like, okay, is that a is that a skeleton ship like an NPC that's going to just float on by, or is that a Reaper coming to kill me? Oh my god! Let's figure that. Let's do. Let's go. It's go time. And I just think it's and it's it's simultaneously like oh my god, it's go time. And then if on the flip side, it's like I'm just going to sail and fish. The, and let me let me just fish. And even the fishing mechanic is you know like in other games where you're fishing and it's like bloop bloop and then you pick up the rod and then you get a fish like oh you just waited for the splash you know stardew valley or whatever mm-hmm. you have to fight the fit like the fish go you kick hits the line you got to fight the fish to tire it out then you got to reel it in a little then he starts moving again if you don't if you pull the stick in the opposite direction you're fighting him but if you go too far it snaps the line like you got to really know how to fish to get a fish and so i've made the mistake of like sailing off into the sunset i'm like i got nothing to do i might as well fish and then the ship fucking crashes because i'm like not even watching where i'm <laughs> oh going like it's like texting and driving is what i'm doing in this game and it's horrible but uh who made it, this game just, this is by rare which is then okay, published by that, uh, xbox right. yeah it's an achievement it's a, it's a real achievement i think it's it's a unique unique game oh and it's the game it's like to your point about pistol whip of like 
it's a live service game and there's all sorts of cosmetics and things you can buy with with real money although you don't you certainly don't have to um but it's updated out the ass like every couple months is a new season and there's there's all these oh here's another thing i've never even done it's like they're called tall tales which are like instead of emergent missions they're story missions so it's like go on this quest to find the the blackbeard's gold and i i assume there's all characters and storylines they did a whole pirates of the like disney brought pirates of the caribbean characters and lore into this game that you can then you can then play story missions with jack sparrow and which it's like i i don't particularly care about that but but like kudos to this game they got disney into the game like it's it's extraordinary it's It's pretty good yeah Yeah, that that's that sounds truly delightful in every way (laughs) (laughs) which is maybe the nicest thing you can say about a game experience there you go there you go (laughs) there's there's issues with toxicity like i think the reasons why you avoid multiplayer competitive games are probably the reasons you if, if if this does not speak to you um the the one added like like i'm i'm in the i'm in the subreddit and the discord all the time and people are like this person was shouting ethnic slurs at me while i'm while boarding my ship so i how do i report that person and it's like okay like i i i have not encountered that but it is a recurring theme that happens Mm. uh in the chat in the community so gotcha um, that's something to be aware of but but i have not seen it yet uh but i'm sure it's a matter of time right yeah well, that is a shame, but yeah. you know, I think this is the nature of so many of online communities, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. but, and like you know. dumb, shitty kids being shitty in, mm-hmm. in games. You know that I think it's a lot of young people. I think other people are like, don't spawn in, don't um, don't do an open crew because you'll get paired up with a thirteen-year-old racist, and then that's not going to be a fun time. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I've been avoiding that, of course. Can't say I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> still um it, it is nice that you have found so much to enjoy and honestly when you were like thinking about it i was like i think matt's gonna be madly in love with that i haven't played it but for some reason i just thought you would love it so it's cool to know i was right <laughs> you were right I, the, the vibes those vibes were calling i was like maybe i could yeah definitely i'm definitely here it's, love it's it. great Love That's it. awesome. I hope that it uh, continues to give you the excitement of being a pirate on the high seas. With that, uh, I got to get sailing. So uh, <laughs> anything else going on? Anything else we're playing? Well, you should you should you should close down your computer here and, and go and go enjoy some nature or something. While you I, I, I mean, I could. It's 830 at night and it's quite dark outside. But I mean, you know, whatever. I'd go outside. <laughs> do, do not walk in the woods. Do not walk on a, a mountain at night. Yeah, oh, there, yeah, exactly. there are explicit warnings about do not leave any food. Do not leave any anything outside because bears will come. And I'm yeah, like, no doubt. Okay, I I hope I kind of hope I'm not going to leave anything, but I kind of hope I see a bear, not maybe like in front of me while I'm walking, but, you know, out the window or something from the comfort of your uh, VR uh, living room. Yes, right. (laughs) Right. Yes, that (laughs) that would work well. But yes. So anyway, but yes, let's I guess we'll wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for chatting with us, you the listener. Uh, we love hearing from you, so be sure to email us. Have entered the chat at gmail.com. Uh, are you playing Pistol Whip? Are you curious? Or have you dabbled in Sea of Thieves or any other like sandboxy multiplayer PVE PvP kind of game? Uh, I would certainly like to know about that. 
So send us an email. Also join the Discord. You've heard some chatter already from that community. Kind of uh, a great link- place. Kind it of really a great is. place, I have to say. I, I love it more and more every week. And uh, it's robust and active without being too much, which is saying a lot um, <laughs> from from me, a person who goes into overcrowded discords and is like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's it, it feels spot. Yeah, it feels like sitting around with a group of friends and chatting about games, which is exactly what it is, I suppose. So, so. please, please come into that discord and then ruin it by adding too many people. That's, <laughs> the, that's the goal. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, you, you can't do that. You can't do yes. that. But you may uh, join us if you would so like. Please do. Uh, and tell us what you're playing in there or, or chit chat about whatever, whatever else the folks in there are talking about. It is always a lively conversation, as Colette said. Mm-hmm. And uh, just our little, our credits here, of course, that our theme music is by Azure Flux. Our logo is illustrated by Just Call Me Katarina. And if you enjoyed this episode, do leave it a rating or a review if your podcast platform of choice supports that feature because it helps other people come on in to the chat. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging. Take it easy, everyone. I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.